deciding who wins the game on this call. Under review. The call on the field stands. Touchdown. After review, it has been determined that the receiver did not maintain. Quarterback's arm is going forward. That's the worst call in the history of all sports. Welcome to another bad call where the refs aren't the only ones who get it wrong. I'm your host, Justin West, and my sidekick here is a man who's never seen a ref make a call that he's agreed with. JD. For the record, I'm not sure I've seen a ref not make a call <laughs> that I haven't agreed with either. <laughs> I don't know what I said, but we're going to stick with it. Oh, the, the, the same, you said the normal, but uh, I'm referring to refs not making pass interference calls anymore. Oh, well, you know, these refs, we never know what we're going to get through them week to week, but we know it's not going to be consistent and it's mostly not going to be good. Ugh. Nothing was as bad as watching the end of that Monday night game this week. That was, that was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Well. You affect you affect not only the outcome of that game, but you affect the division greatly. Yeah, it was Phantom. It was it was so bad. Just so bad. It it pisses me off. I'm not even sure I want to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean? The the face is from the numbers up, apparently. <laughs> well, yeah, and clotheslining is now a legal portion of defending passes. Yeah, well. And also, it's apparently if you're QB 12. F like, the Packers. We, F the we Packers. Have, That's all we it. have to help you win. Screw the Packers. Ugh. What a what a garbage garbage way. Yeah, it was pretty ugly. Anyway, let's <laughs> let's let's roll on here. Yeah. Well, buddy, how you been? It's been a couple weeks since I talked to you. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm I'm sounding better than you, but uh, you know, I guess that's what's to be expected when you go on vacation and come back to this lovely weather we have in northwest indiana i'm not gonna blame that i mean i i suppose something could have happened from you know being on an airplane with a bunch of strangers uh but uh anybody who has kids knows they're just a bunch of germ factories and they bring (laughs) all kinds of shit home so (laughs) that's the truth uh my kids i was able to fortunate enough to avoid catching whatever foul diseases they were carrying before I went on vacation. But uh, since they've been passing the same thing around for like a month, it hit me like a ton of bricks when I got home. Uh, But despite the fact that I sound like garbage, I actually don't feel nearly as bad as I had. My voice doesn't hurt. Actually, I probably sound better than I normally do on these things. So... (laughs) You've got a very jazzy voice this week. 
Oh, brother. So, but I, I'll tell you what. I am uh, ready to uh, sing some sweet football harmonies and, uh, <laughs> and lay down some bad advice as usual. Um, but before we do that, uh, you got anything to drink in front of you? Uh, I'm I'm drinking some water, man. I, I tried to go on a little bit of a semi, almost sort of kind of health kick this week. So okay, uh, that seems like a terrible idea. Water. But just throwing that out there. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I kept I capped it off by eating like half of a pizza. So <laughs> oh, well, what the heck? I, I, I had a great week of fruits and salad and veggies, and I even tried the that Impossible Whopper. You know that plant-based petri dish burger, and yeah, I was doing real good. And then I got a hold of some high-quality food, and <laughs> well, well, a whole week gone. So I'm I'm fighting some fun heartburn right now. I've been in like a one-month downward spiral. Definitely three weeks: the week before vacation, the week of vacation, and the week after. I'm gonna have to get back on the wagon here next week. Um, but I'm never gonna stop drinking beer. And uh, that being said, tonight I'm enjoying <laughs> a uh, a beer. It's a barrel-aged imperial s'more porter with coconut. It's called The Beast. Um, I noticed that it was, I posted that it's from Burnham, but it looks like it's a collaboration between Burnham and Off Square Brewing. It's fall. It's the weather has turned now, so it's time to start drinking some of the dark stuff. And this is rather tasty. That sounds good. It's helping my throat. At least that's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> Science would disagree I with prob- you. <laughs> I, I probably should be knocking back some bourbon, and that might still be be to come. <laughs> uh... Well then, how uh, how did you fare last well, week? Well, I, I broke even last week. Well, well okay. So I, I broke even if you subtract the morning showdown. So on the main slate, I, I broke even. Uh, I lost. I didn't play a whole lot of the morning showdown that uh, the Carolina-Tampa game. Um I only, you know, I played three lineups and did not hit on any of those. But uh, for the main slate, I pretty much broke even, which was nice. Uh, ended up placing second in our in our uh, weekly league, which might be the best I've finished this this season so far in that league. Um, I my highest lineup was a one seventy nine uh, lineup, which ended up being. Uh, good enough to get me some <laughs> some money but not a lot uh that was deshaun watson mark ingram adrian peterson robbie anderson tyreek hill DeAndre hopkins austin hooper dd westbrook and the seahawks defense uh the only place i really missed there was at my flex spot with westbrook and maybe my defense uh you know i solid lineup i was happy with it but that was in a you know that's in a gpp you got 500,000 plus people in that one. And I finished in uh, just under 17,000th place. So, you know, uh, again, the process is starting to pay off using those those touches needed. And 
uh, throwing in a little bit of how defense stands and then uh, gut plays, and it's working out. Uh, the guys that I suggested last week, I was uh, batting 50%. Matt Ryan and Adrian Peterson. Matt Ryan gave me a 5.3 ROI, and Adrian Peterson gave me the 4.13. So I'll take that. Anytime you can get 5X and 4X out of your running back and quarterback, that's good. Uh, Cooper Cup was a major letdown, uh, but, you know, the Rams in general (laughs) were a major letdown last week. And uh, same thing with Delaney Walker. I really thought they'd use him a little bit more, but their you know their quarterback situation obviously didn't work out. So fifty uh, percent on last week. Uh, hopefully uh, improving for everybody this week. What about you? All uh, right. Well, um, I finished in the black, uh, which uh, was I'll just have to say a minor miracle. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, you know, I was coming off vacation. I did not spend my normal amount of time doing research and kind of felt it when I was trying to put a lineup together Sunday morning for cash. Probably should have played a lot less than I did, but, you know, there's only 17 weeks of regular season NFL, so, (laughs) you know, why the hell would I want to give up that opportunity to give money away? Luckily, I, for those of you listening, yes, he has an addictive personality. Uh, if you haven't figured it out yet, <laughs> luckily I I did not lose money. Um, I I won uh, just a little bit, um, but this this cash lineup was pretty much right at that forty percent uh, tile, which is is usually around the cutoff for double ups. Uh, I just. I think I think the cutoff is forty third percentile, and I was at the fortieth percentile, um, so just lucked out. Um, you know, I hit with Matt Ryan and Chris Carson and Austin Hooper, and those were the building blocks that I that I started on. So you know, I was right with that. Um, but then you know, I I felt that I had to play Malcolm Brown with Todd Gurley out. He was the one of the highest, he probably was the highest running back owned in these double ups, um, but he stunk. You know, only giving you uh, four points. I, I just kind of had a hard time fitting things together. Um, I actually had a lot of salary available to me after playing Malcolm Brown and played Adam Thielen, who I felt pretty good about. I put against Philadelphia. He, he was all right. Um, but the guy you needed in that game was Steph Diggs. Yeah. Um, the guy I pulled out of all my lineups yeah. Saturday morning. Uh, DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins was, you know, he was a good play. He, he you know, he got, had nine catches. He just didn't put together many yards and didn't get in the end zone. So I don't think that was a bad play. Uh, I think the other, um, besides Malcolm Brown, I think the other bad play that I had – uh, was DJ Shark, and uh, he's been so good, but he was due for a little bit of uh, re- regression back from from all the scoring, and and he just didn't have a good matchup because aside from a bad like first week, Marshawn Lattimore has been back to his old self, so it's it's hard to play those number one receiver guys against New Orleans. Um, 
you know, I went dirt cheap at defense. That doesn't, you know, I don't think that made one difference anyway or one way or the other. But where I did face bad luck is I had Amari Cooper in my flex, and, you know, he goes down on the second series of the game. And when you lose a guy for the whole game, when he's one of those higher-priced guys, it, it really hurts. So I, I'm fortunate. Actually, I won... 66% of my head-to-heads, which, you know, that I'd call that lucky based on um, based on how the lineup fared. That's, that's why, you know, your game selection is important, playing the lower stakes and, um, and everything like that makes a difference. And um, So I, I'll go with... Um, you know, all of my previous preparation this year helped me be able to put together an average lineup that, that outperformed what, you know, might have been. But that's that's part of it, you know, using what we've learned and building off of it. And then hopefully this week uh, I've been able to put in a little bit more time towards it and uh, even looking at things tomorrow and honing things down. I think I got a pretty good feel for it going into this week. So I got taking a little bit of extra GPP shots with the uh, Millie Maker being only ten bucks uh, this week. So hoping to make some money. Aren't we all? But uh, with that being said. Um, I just want to um, whine and rant a little bit about um, my guy Patty Mahomes last night going down. Um, season long, he's in my main league. He's he's my my guy. Um, and for the past three weeks, I, I've been holding on to Russell Wilson as my backup. I've been trying to trade him for something. I guess I've I'm fortunate that I w- wasn't able to put together a deal that I. I liked, so uh, I'm not going to have too much of a drop-off at the quarterback position. Um, I'm just not going to get to trade up to solidify my roster for the home stretch. Yeah, that's... Uh, I don't have Mahomes, but I do have uh, Tyreek Hill in, uh, in one of my dynasty leagues that I've put a lot of effort into building a winning lineup and it's taken me you know five six years uh i've had a rough year melvin gordon held out saquon got hurt tyreek got hurt uh you know battling some other injuries and you know right when i'm getting all three of them back mahomes goes down which i think really hurts hill's value <laughs> it's like man <laughs> well, one, of the, one of those years where you can't catch a break i gotta i gotta tell you i've been writing uh Jared Cook is my tight end, which has not been, you know, too great, but just don't want to carry an extra tight end at this point. However, um, with Mahomes going down and Jared Cook getting ruled out for this week, I had to pick up a tight end. It was pretty easy for me to drop Sammy Watkins in order to go get somebody. He was the he was the low man on the chopping block. Uh and the reason I couldn't drop Jared Cook is because if he's back next week, they're going up against Arizona. So I didn't want to. Yep. I didn't want to drop him. 
Otherwise, one one of the sacred rules of fantasy football in 2019. (laughs) Play a tight end against the Cardinals. Yeah, so we'll talk a little bit about that coming up here. So if you're ready, we'll go ahead and jump into our uh, selections for this week. Yeah, let's let's get to it. All right, buddy. What do you got at quarterback? Well, I'm going to start out with uh, Minshew Mania here. Uh, Gardner Minshew, 5,400, which is a little surprising for me. Uh, From a points-per-game standpoint, he's he's not jumping off the page at all. Uh, I mean, he's averaging 17.2 DraftKings points per game, which isn't great out of your QB. But uh, you look at some of the teams that he's played, he's had some rough goes of it, and now he gets Cincinnati. He's averaging 22.6 DraftKings points per game to the quarterback position. Uh, And the 5,400 price tag for a QB that has a, you know, likely a floor of, I'd say, 18 points, I'm pretty happy about. Uh, I mean, they're just, they're not great on defense, and they're without, uh, they just lost another corner, uh, Kirkpatrick, I believe, so. It really opens things up for, for them. Uh, so I just I like the. This is a ceiling play. I'll say I'm I'm playing for upside. Uh, he's not a floor QB. I think that's kind of more in the range that you're looking at right now, and I'll let you get to that. But I think Minshew uh, presents really good upside at that 5400 mark. Yeah, um, I I don't dislike the play. I certainly. Depending on on what I decide to do with uh, my cash lineup, if I decided to spend down, he would definitely be the guy I'd spend down on. It's just there's so many good guys in that six to sixty eight hundred range this week um, that it's it's like ah do you do you really want to spend down that much? But yeah, Cincinnati's a team you can target. Uh, they they're down both their top two cornerbacks, which. Uh, I'll go ahead and mention it here since I'm not gonna. He's not my guy that I picked, uh, but uh, I think DJ Chark uh, this week. I'm I'm probably likely to go back to the well at least in tournaments with him because uh, Didi Westbrook showed up on an injury report with a a shoulder, and so Shark has just been seemingly Minshew's favorite target, and. Uh, He's certainly the one that he's connected with the most. That I actually had a Westbrook as a sneaky play because the guy's averaging five targets. Like I mean, he's guaranteed five targets every game, and it just it just hasn't worked out. I expected this to be a good game for him to come back. That shoulder injury is unfortunate. Yeah. So, but um, that being said, I yeah I, I like uh, Minshew. Uh, Cincinnati doesn't seem to be put up too too big of a fight. So. Um, I'm on board there. Uh, the guy that I'm looking at is Russell Wilson, who I'm who I just briefly mentioned, and and this guy uh, is going up against uh, Baltimore at home. Uh, $6,600. The over/under on this game is 49, and uh, Seattle's favored by three with an implied team total of 26. Um, Wilson is uh, definitely 
he scores better at home uh, on DraftKings points overall in his career. He's uh, he averages 22.2 at home versus 19.7 on the road. So it's a it's a good uh, home split for him. Uh, Seahawks uh, have about a 65% uh, re- uh, winning record at home against the spread uh, since 2010. And uh, Russell Wilson has just been so solid in the games where he, you know, hasn't had to do it completely with his arms. His legs have been been there, and uh, it's just uh, he, he's been one of the most consistent guys thus far this year, and he's, that's why he's getting MVP candidate talk. Yeah, real quick, I'll, I'll touch on this. Uh, generally speaking, the a quarterback facing the Ravens or receivers facing the Ravens is not what you want to do because uh, the Ravens' defense has been pretty good. And uh, they're averaging, like, I think they're giving up 18 points, uh, drafting points uh, to the position this season. But here's the deal. They've faced uh, Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Kyler Murray in Week 2. Then you, you face Mahomes, you know, so there's a good QB. Then you face Baker Mayfield. Then you face uh, Mason Rudolph in uh, the Duck or Ducky, who, you know, Devlin Hodges. Uh, and then they, they faced Andy Dalton. So they haven't really gone against that elite level QB yet. Uh, this, I suspect, will be the week where, uh, they give up 24-plus points. I, I like the Russell Wilson play. I think more as a floor uh, for my cash lineups, uh, he will be definitely in consideration. Uh, Minch used more of my, like I said, high-ceiling uh, GPP play this week. I mean, just just even uh, um, expand about it, he's uh, got a – he's number one in the NFL with a 7.4% 7. touchdown rate. And he's got a uh, – Zero percent interception rate and a ten point five uh, adjusted yards per attempt, um, and he's you know exceeding expectation on average. So, um, just I I don't I, I'm not really afraid of this Ravens matchup, especially with them at home, um, and, and the, they're gonna twelve point nine percent pass defense DVOA. Um, which is nothing really to be too too scared about. So let's go ahead and move on to the running back position. Yeah, so this is one that um, I'm not – I'm trying to talk myself in and out of at the same time. I'm looking at Dalvin Cook here, uh, 8,000 going – to Detroit uh, he is averaging 24.93 points a game 21 touches a game okay so this is a, a high volume a high volume guy uh, the last couple weeks uh, they've been a little bit more in the uh, pass heavy range uh, the Vikings have and I'm thinking if they're going to get past a divisional opponent in Detroit who's probably pretty angry right now, they're going to have to rely on Cook a little bit more. And so I'm counting on some heavy usage in that, like, 
you know, 24, 25 touch range, uh, which uh, he averages 1.1 DraftKings points per touch. So if if we can get to that 24 points and just give me 3x, uh, I think he becomes a pretty good uh, a play this week. I do have a concern with Detroit being decent uh, in real-life football against the run, uh, that they abandon it quickly, um, which would hurt his floor a little bit. But uh, I think this is one of those weeks where you got to kind of gamble with him and, and pop him in your lineups. He certainly uh, has been one of the best running backs so far in the year, and and a lot of that does have to do with Minnesota's commitment to the run. Um, I I don't I'm not really afraid to play Dalvin Cook this week. I think that uh, he's he's pretty pretty safe floor. I I don't know if you get three X on him, but two and a half. Uh, and for an 8K player, that might be acceptable. So Yeah, I mean, two and a half still gives you 20 points. Right. Which, you know, I, I always look, can my running backs give yeah. me uh, 15 plus for a cash lineup? And, and, and as I was looking at things, I, I actually, in my season long, I picked up, I had to pick up a defense this week, and I picked up the Detroit because I, I just don't think that uh, Cousins is, is a reliable road quarterback, and uh, Darius Slay is, is a pretty dang good cornerback. So I thought that the Detroit defense was a reasonable play against the passing game of Minnesota, which leads me to believe that they will try to rely a little bit more on the run and, and Dalvin Cook. I don't think it's going to be a high, high-scoring game, but... Um, I, th- I think the run is probably the better better way to go anyway as long as you can get past Snacks Harrison yeah um, just get get outside right so me, myself, and I my running back play and this I think for me is more of a GPP play, um, and, uh, and that's Marlon Mack. One of the things, uh, and I lost my my little thing here that I was looking for, but uh, Houston has been susceptible against some running backs. They've given up some um, pretty pretty decent uh, numbers to running backs this year, and I'll get that up here in a second. But Marlon Mack. Um, is a guy who's he's averaging 4.7 yards per carry and um, he's got 470 yards on the season which puts him 7th in the NFL and I think he's already had his bye so um, correct me if I'm wrong here but no as a uh, yeah he's had his bye so um, being seventh in rushing and and already having the bye tells me that he's uh, he's he's been he's getting all the utilization. He's got no real threat to take 
carries away from him. He is involved a little bit in the passing game. Um, Indianapolis is a home favorite, uh, over under 47, implied total team total of 24. So it is predicted to be a close game. Um, Houston has been putting up some points. Uh, and if I can just get to it, I, I please excuse me here. I, I apologize. Marlon Mack has a huge had a huge game against Houston in the playoffs um, last year, uh, so he's got some positive history against the Texans. I'll pull that up while you're talking. Um, I, I I got it coming here. Um, yeah, but uh, 148 yards, a touchdown, and two receptions. And um, so far this year, Houston has given up. Um, he gave up. They gave up 33.9 points to Christian McCaffrey. Okay, you know, not that big of a deal. But between uh, Devonta Freeman and Ito Smith, they gave up 30.4 points. Uh, they gave up. Um, between Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray, they gave up 36.6 points. Uh, so, you know, they're not exactly stout against against the run. Uh, Indianapolis probably, you know, they like to play that balanced offense with uh, Jacoby Brissett. They're not really running and gunning a whole lot. So, um it makes sense to me that they would try to rely on Mac, and at six K, I think he's a really nice option. Yeah, Houston's given up twenty six point two DraftKings points to the running back position per game. Um, the the two concerns that I have with Mac, and these are because I've got him in season long, so I, you know, I obviously pay attention a little bit. Um, is he healthy, which I hope he is because they're coming off their bye. Uh, and if they get behind, that's when you start to see the Jordan Wilkins, Naeem Hines, for whatever reason, uh, because Marlon Mack has full pass-catching capabilities. But uh, that is my only concern. But with divisional games, uh, you generally don't see the the blowout unless you're you know, the Patriots playing the rest of the garbage teams over there. So. Uh, I like that play. Like I said, 6000 in a week where uh, value is crucial. Uh, I like that play a lot. <coughs> well, great. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the receiver position. Okay, I'm going to stay in that game. Um, and I will make this real simple. Uh, will Fuller, 6200 Uh the guy's getting about five touches a game. Uh, he's <laughs> his drafting points per touch is uh, two point nine eight points. Okay, uh, if he gets six touches, okay, uh, he gives you your three x. Do I think he's going to get six touches? No, but he's one of those types of guys that uh, he can get the equivalent of six touches in two catches. He has that same. Uh, Tyreek Hill boom bust potential. Uh, you you saw it two weeks ago, which is why that in, number is he so. Just, he just went off, which is why that correct number is correct. so robust. But if you 
if you go look at his air yards and his targets, Watson is looking for him, and they are just missing. Well, yeah, so he's you, he, you, he has. You need one or two. I mean, he's just missing. I mean, it's right there, which is why you know everybody that pays attention to those air yards, it's like you play Will Fuller every week because it's gonna happen. Yeah, I think he just you missed know. out on maybe like three of them last week. La- last week, and, yeah. Uh, so, if you look at the correlations uh, between. Uh, Watson and him, you know, there's a reason Watson's stats are so much better when this guy is healthy and on the field. Uh, he stretches that and uh, that field quite a bit. And so it's, it's hard not to play him. You know, it's not a guy that you really would want to stick in there and cash. But uh, Listen, it, certainly it, one of your GPP type winning players. If I told you you were going to get a receiver – that's getting basically eight targets a game. Would you care about the price tag? Uh, yeah. I mean, probably some. It's going to matter. Yeah, but when you hear eight targets a game, like he's being looked for on a regular basis. But they're also due to get Kenny Stills back this week. Um, Which affects Kute more than it affects probably a little bit, but it, it does spread the thing around. And and really, they got a guy over there in uh, DeAndre Hopkins who hasn't had a blow up game. I'm not saying that Fuller's a bad play. I absolutely will probably have some GPP um, exposure to him, but I'm not going to play him in cash because he's he is too boomer bust. Um. That's, I'm gonna let you move on. I'm gonna pull up some target information. Go that, ahead. That's okay. Um, <laughs> when you're ta- and, and and when you're talking about um, you know targets, this guy that that I got here is is getting ten targets a game, and he's he's cheaper at fifty six hundred, and that's Tyler Boyd. Um, they're playing Jacksonville. Um, we know that uh, Cincinnati's not a great team, but uh, you know somebody has to get get points on that team and Tyler Boyd is getting a 25% target share. He's had uh 60 targets so far this year. Um you know, he, he's just really consistent. His ADOT is only 7.00 yards, but that means he's getting the ball closer to the line of scrimmage. You don't have to rely on these long drawn out plays uh to get Connections and based on his usage and um, how much he's involved, he's only got I think one touchdown on the year. So if you're if you prescribe into these um, buy low models, which I know both JD and I do um, like to utilize a little bit, uh, this this guy is due for some positive regression. I. I Jacksonville, I you know I think they're a decent team, but do I think that they're super scary? Uh, especially now that they've traded away Jalen Ramsey, I think they could be susceptible a little bit more in the passing game. And Tyler Boyd's just been real, like, just real consistent. So uh, at that fifty six hundred price tag, I think he's underpriced for what his uh, game usage is. So. He's, he's really somebody that I think is a viable play. 
yeah, that's definitely going to be a, a contrarian play. I think I don't think a lot of people will be looking that way because generally speaking, even even without Jalen Ramsey, when you hear Jacksonville, you try to steer away from their receivers. Uh, that is intriguing to me because of the, the volume and you know how much I love like if they're getting volume, I have to pay attention to, you know, are they going to go on my lineup? Um, I'd actually be pretty interested in looking at Auden Tate at that point in time because you know Tyler Boyd's going to draw the number one coverage. Um, but but the number yeah, one, t- the number one coverage your... is in L.A. now. Well, they're still their number one. They're just... <laughs> Well, I get it, but he's not. It's a, it's a different. A, if it's a different guy, yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's it's not like all they had was Jalen Ramsey, though. Um, anyway, yeah, for for fifty six hundred to get ten targets a game, like, yeah, that's really hard to pass on. So yeah. I don't know. Did you come up with some more that you you were looking on uh, Fuller? Oh no, you're fine. I was just—I mean, uh, I was just looking at where he stands in uh, targets. Uh, you know, and he's he's 14th in the league, and his A dot is uh, 9.3. But that's actually lower than I expected. Uh, well, I'm not going to say that's his A dot. No. But yeah, he's he he's averaging 9.3 yards per target. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that is lower than what I expected as well. That's what I'm saying. It's just he. It's not the Will Forrell that we expected. Where it's just I'm gonna, th- you know, you run and I'll throw it. Well, according you know, to AirYards.com, as as Will, Will Fuller's A dot is fourteen point six. Yeah, that's what I said. It's it's an A dot there. Oh, okay. <laughs> what I'm looking at is not not the A dot. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Well, let's... Your, your yards per target is different than uh, air dot or the a dot. Oh yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Uh, okay, let's go ahead and move on then to the tight end position. And I cannot believe one of us is not talking about Austin Hooper this week. <sighs> I had to change it. I, I mean, I've talked about the guy like three, four, four weeks in a row, or something, something like that. Uh, this is another play that. So the matchup I don't love, but this guy, he's been hurt all year, okay? Hunter Henry uh, tied in for your Los Angeles Chargers. San Diego. Uh, San Diego. <laughs> he, he's been hurt all year, all right? He comes back, and he plays in uh, last week's game. And how does he come back to play with uh, eight catches on nine targets, 100 yards and two touchdowns. Am I saying that's happening this week? No. What I'm saying is that he's a uh, $4,000 player with the target volume of a receiver. And you have Keenan Allen, who the Titans are probably going to try to take away. You have Mike Williams, who the Titans are probably going to try to take away. So that leaves you with you've got to guard Melvin Gordon, and you have to guard... Hunter Henry. Uh, the Titans are like uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They're like twelfth or thirteenth, uh, giving up the twelfth or thirteenth most points to tight ends, uh, DraftKings points that is per game. So uh, four thousand 
a four thousand dollar tight end with that kind of target volume, yes, I will take that all day every day. Yeah, so Hunter Henry is. I mean, at this point, probably where I'm going to land in cash. But I don't know if I'm going to feel good about it, given that matchup. Since Tennessee tends to play these just ugly games. <laughs> That's, I mean, they've got a... they got a nasty defense. A, a nasty, nasty defense. Nasty defense, but, you know, those kind of defenses, a lot of times the tight end is where you can, you know, exploit them a little bit because they're they're shutting down the outside and the running back position. Um, I, I hope that he's... I hope that Henry can stay healthy because he's a pretty exciting player. Um, just a fantastic tight end. Um and, and I don't really have anything bad to say about him other than the fact that the guy is, you know, just uh, always an injury risk. And uh, But like I said, I'm probably going to play him in cash. Uh, I'd like to play this other guy I'm going to talk about, but <laughs> the price tag <laughs> is pretty high up there. So I, I don't think he's going to fit into my – my cash lineups, but I will definitely have plenty of exposure uh, when it comes to tournaments, and that is Evan Ingram. Not only are they playing at home against the team that you have to target <laughs> from a tight end perspective in Arizona, but you know Evan Ingram leads the Giants in targets, receptions, and yards, and he just missed a game. Uh, but but he's due back, and uh, Arizona gives up a plus 8.22 points over expected to the tight end position. They've given up games of one one guy got 25 points, and there's been three games of 28 plus points <laughs> at the from the tight end position on DraftKings, which you know those are probably four of the top seven tight end games on a year. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know, but it's a 50.5 point over under, and the Giants have an implied total of 26.8. And honestly, uh, with Patrick Peterson coming back, um, he's not guarding a tight end. He's probably going to be focusing on like a Golden Tate. Um, there's no Sterling Shepard in this game. He's still out with a concussion. And, and I think that having Barkley back only helps to free things up for Evan Ingram. So uh, I think it's a smash spot. Um, hopefully he can be healthy and play the whole game. Yeah. You know, we've talked about that there's certain rules that you you have to follow uh, when doing fantasy football and, you know, play, play your defense against Miami uh, play your tight end against Arizona, uh, you know, with some other ones, but it, it really hits home when you've got a uh, tight end that is getting the kind of volume that he's getting going up against a team that just bleeds points to the tight end position. Uh, I, this is a situation to where, uh, why I ended up going with Minshew because I saved that twelve hundred allows me to pay up to get my Evan Ingram. Yeah. 
Well, and, and folks, uh, somehow, for some God-foreseen reason, Evan Ingram ended up on the waiver wire in the Another Bad Call podcast <laughs> league, and JD's spent like 80% of his remaining budget on the guy, which I can't blame him for. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, I spent a little more than I had planned on, but somebody got in my head. Ah! <laughs> It wasn't you. No, it wasn't you. It wasn't I said, "Hey, you know, I've got like I've got like sixty dollars in free agent money left. Uh, I put a bid in on of thirty for Evan Ingram." And so I was like, "Oh, that's that's not going to be enough." And I was like, "Damn it, you're right. I don't want to miss out on this player." Thirty, thirty would have been a tie bid, and then it would have been in about waiver position, which I still think you might have had. But um, I I put in, but I I knew. I knew I wasn't going to be able to spend all of my money on, on it. I uh, would have liked to, but, you know, I already have George Kittle, so um, really didn't. Yeah, I have. I had O.J. Howard, who hasn't done anything. I have George so I, Kittle, I didn't have much of a and, and I have Chris Herndon on the IR, so, you know, it really didn't make sense to invest that much more other than if I was going to try to buy him and trade him. Yeah, well, I, I for the record, I'm glad that uh, I went ahead and spent that extra money because we certainly did not want the first place team, the undefeated team, getting Evan Ingram. Oh, that's for sure, for sure. So, well, that's your little ABC podcast league update for the week. <laughs> yeah, update. I'm having a terrible update. year. <laughs> JD's team stinks. My my yeah. team is uh, bipolar. I one week I score the most points, the next week I score the least points, and so on and so forth. But somehow I'm four and two, uh, even with bad quarterbacks. I I took down the uh, Patrick Mahomes Deshaun Watson pair last week, so I'm, for the yeah, I'm pretty happy. I'm somehow winning even with my top two picks being the two most underperforming top wide receivers in the league, I think. So, Oh, you're talking to a guy who had Antonio Brown. Well, well <laughs> I mean, we knew really that was a dumpster fire he's... from the beginning, so yeah, that was, was a, a risk play on your part. Not a, you know, yeah, I took DeAndre of... Hopkins and Odell Beckham expecting to be top five run, uh, wide receivers, and that just hasn't happened. So yeah, the the Hopkins is a total letdown at this point, but I I would suspect positive regression is coming. I, I sure hope so. Um, well, I think that about does it uh, for this week's chatter. JD, why don't you tell people where they can reach you? Yeah, if I'm in the usual spots at JD West twenty two, uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I. Love the feedback, especially on the uh, weekly column that I've been working on. Uh, really want to get some good content out there, but uh, without feedback, you'll just keep getting the same stuff. So, Okay, but I, I did that. I, I completely forgot. Do you have a, a, a bad call, another bad call of the week? Um, I do not this week. Okay, well, this guy um, that I'm going to just throw out there real quick is going to make me throw up because he's a Packer, but... Um, he allows you to do about whatever you want with your lineup. So go ahead and play Alan Lazard because apparently uh, Aaron Rodgers wants to have his baby or something. So um, 
He's only 3K stone minimum. Uh, all of the other receivers in Green Bay are hurt, so uh, he's, he's bound to do something or, or nothing, and if he does nothing, it's only 3K. So um, that being said, uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Justin M. West, Instagram, JMW1977. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Another Bad Call. Check out the website, folks, anotherbadcall.com. I throw up this blog about my results, but even more exciting than that, JD is putting in some real work, and he's chugging out some content, uh, some good, good statistical analysis, and he keeps improving it. So go check out that post uh, that he's putting up every week. Um, and anotherbadcall.com and, and if you got any questions or comments or suggestions email us anotherbadcall at gmail.com for JD I'm Justin keep on listening so we can help you avoid making another bad call